The Simon Shore Podcast is presented by Boxscore Network. Boxscore Network is your one-stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, and fantasy advice? Check out Boxscore Network. Follow Boxscore Network on Twitter at Bscore Network for updates. What's up, everybody? Simon Short here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. Before I get into my episode with Ronan, which is a very good one I'm very excited for. Thank you all for being patient as this comes out a little bit later than uh, all of my most of my previous episodes. Um, I did want to give you a quick programming note here to start that the Simon Short Podcast will not have an episode for the next few weeks. Uh, I'm going to pull up the exact schedule Um just the end of the football season, end of the NFL season. Wanted to take a little bit of a break here. So for the next three weeks, there will not be an episode of the Simon Short Podcast. Uh, our next episode will be on Thursday, March 10th. And we're going to bring you a little bit of a revamped pod. Uh, I have some new stuff that I'm very, very excited for that I'll dive into more for you guys. Probably the first week of March, I'll give you more of the information. Um, but March 10th will be the next episode. Have no fear. This is not the end of the Simon Short podcast. This is not a they're planning to take a break that turns into never getting back together sort of situation. Um, I have everything laid out. I have a podcast scheduled. I have guests scheduled. Um, We are reshaping and revamping the Simon Short podcast, which, uh, like I said, I'm excited to tell you more about when we get into March. In March, I'll, I'll release the information, but a couple weeks off of the Simon Short podcast, but Stay subscribed because it will be back soon. In the meantime, make sure you listen to Stat Sheet Podcast with me, Ben, and Ronan. Make sure you're checking out the other Box Score Network podcasts. Uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter at Simon underscore short um, because I'm still very much active, very much around. Uh, hit me up with, with any thoughts on the pod or, or anything else uh, in, in these few weeks off that I have. Um, but I'm very excited to dive fully into the NFL offseason, NFL draft, free agency, um, and start getting ready for next year as well as a lot of other fun things this summer uh, and spring that I have planned. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast with Ronan. Thank you. Oh, hi, and welcome back in to another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. I'm Simon Short. Joining me today to do our annual three-year running podcast of our quarterback, way too early quarterback predictions, it's Ronan Summers. Ronan, welcome back in, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, it, it is way too early. We need to remind ourselves of that because I, I don't know how how our track record has necessarily looked in the past, but we're all about looking and looking forward into the future. Um, there are a couple couple different landing spots here, but not a ton, right? Not not a whole lot of musical chairs, um, but we'll definitely be able to dive into some of it here, Simon. Well, let's start here. Two years ago, you thought Carson Wentz was going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you don't have to remind just us. Just two years later, he was a, a one game backup for the L- your LA Rams. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last year at this time, I pulled up I pulled up my notes from last year. Oh no! No, I, I'm doing mine. I'm doing mine. Okay, I, good, I, I'll, I'll good, put, good, good, good. I had Tom Brady going to the Carolina Panthers. Um, here's what actually happened. Tom Brady retired, and the Panthers traded up to the first overall pick for Bryce Young. So, I don't think we're I don't think we're doing that hot, Rodan. I don't think our numbers are that great. But you know what? 
all that matters is that it's fun and that we have some like sound or at least decently logical thinking that a fifth grader on Madden would follow. One of the two things has to happen. Absolutely. I, I probably fall somewhere into the uh, the fifth grader on Madden category. I mean, that not that who we all are at heart? Uh, so so let me ask you this before we dive in. So Ronan and I, I'll, I'll set it up actually for everybody. We're going to go through all 32 teams. We're going to predict the week one starting quarterback of the 2025 NFL season for each team. We like to do this right when the year ends. It's kind of our kickoff to the right to the to the 2020 what will be the 2024 offseason um and we'll see what we got and really we're just kind of previewing the quarterback movement previewing a little bit of uh, who might do what in the draft um but really just try to make any bold claims on on some things we could see there there's always the thing everybody thinks is going to happen doesn't happen and then there's always something that comes out of left field that we're not expecting so we're going to dive in here running the, the question i'll ask you to set everything up and then we'll get going is how was this process doing it uh, our quarterback predictions different than the last two, let's say, that we've done on this podcast. You know, Simon, um, there. Are, I feel like this season or this off season, there are at least it feels like less question marks surrounding the quarterbacks position for some of these teams. Um, there are still probably eight to maybe you can stretch it to ten teams that could make that switch. Um, but really, there might be a handful, you know, maybe, you know, eight different changes uh, th that we could see at the quarterback position. So that, that's kind of what differs from the years prior, because then it felt like it was the Wild West. It, feel like it, it felt like if you weren't a, a superstar quarterback, you might be on your way out because, you know, we were just in the middle of Lamar Jackson. Where's he going to go? Deshaun Watson, you know, amidst... Mm -hmm. <laughs> some very questionable legal stuff still getting moved, you know, anything can happen. So Justin Herbert, you know, they're not making a whole lot of noise in playoffs. What's going to happen there. Now it's a little bit quiet. Um, yeah. I, I think that's just kind of what differs from last year. We've seen a lot of these young guys get contracts, right? Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> Herbert, you mentioned, um, Tua is going to be on his fifth year option. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, going into last year, we had guys like Jimmy Garoppolo getting moved. We had, uh, yeah, what was what was going to happen with Lamar Jackson? What's happening with Tom Brady? I think a week after we did this podcast last year was when he announced his retirement, so that that was a bummer. Um, but like last year, we were going into the year with we didn't know what was going to happen with Kyler Murray because he was injured, so we had to fill in that spot, which we both actually picked Baker Mayfield for uh, throwback. Um, Two years ago, yeah, we had you know Ben Roethlisberger retiring. I think Philip Rivers was retiring, so we needed a new Colts quarterback. We just had Matt Ryan was switching teams going into that year, so we had a lot of young guys that were up for contracts that we didn't quite know what was going to happen. Um, so some teams were in flux, right? More than the players, I think we probably had. Um, some questions about Daniel Jones last year, right, or the Commanders and what they were going to do. And then we've had some older guys kind of age out of their current team, what, what were their current teams, and, and moving into new teams or moving into retirement. So we had some changes then. But, yeah, now it just it feels way more settled. It, it feels like we know which teams um, have made the investments in their quarterbacks long term or at least pretty solidly for this season, the way some of these contracts are netted out. Yeah, the, there was – my my issue this year wasn't finding a spot. What wasn't 
okay, where are all these guys going to go? It was finding a spot for the number of guys. Cause I, I, I feel like I left out like two, two names just based on like, I, I think this seat is full. I, the seat is taken on this team. So it's going to be interesting to talk this out and try and, and, and see what names we might've left off. Um, what names we might've moved versus didn't move who we think is going to do some stuff in the draft. We'll get into all of that. A question I'm going to have you think about as we're going, and you could just fill us in on as we get to whoever this applies for is who could have kind of a short hook on them for this year as well. So not only who's going to be the week one starter, but if there's a quarterback or two or three that, you know, this team, you're, you're making the prediction is going to be the quarterback in week one, but maybe this team makes a high investment as a backup, or maybe they draft their quarterback of the future in the first two for two, first two rounds, right? A la Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis last year, or, or like I said, the high investment in a free agent like Taylor Heineke last year for Desmond Ritter. So, so if we get to teams where you're like, this guy's on a short leash and I'll call my shot on who the guy taking his place might be, go ahead and fill us in on that as well. Without further ado, Ronan, we're going to do this division by division. Take us to the first division you want to talk about. You know what? I think we're going to go fast and furious. We're going to go where I have the most change. Um, We have two moves in the AFC West, right? The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Um, I I don't think they're going to be moving on from him, uh, shockingly enough. The Chargers, right? They have Justin Herbert. Don't think they're going to be moving on from him. Harbaugh, I, I, I don't think he's going to tear down the team that much, uh, as much as Ben is excited to see that team get gutted. Um, but the Raiders and Broncos are interesting teams this offseason. Um, I, I, I don't know if you have – do you have both of these teams moving on from or getting a new starter? Both of these teams I have written down – incumbent names okay but the broncos i have a quick pull candidate for this team and i can feel that as i will talk about this team i'm going to actually give them a new guy so okay yeah, I, I i'm gonna i have a, i have a new guy i don't i don't like the incumbent name. the incumbent name obviously for the broncos let me just set it up for you and you you can knock it down we'll start with the broncos jared stidham Versus Russell Wilson was the whole issue this year, right? Obviously, Russell Wilson is going to be gone. It's going to be very tricky to see what how Denver does that because if they outright cut him, it's like an $85 million cap hit this year or something crazy like that. So they're going to be super in the red. Um, but it doesn't seem like anything else is going to happen for this team with the Russell Wilson situation. So Ronan, you can you can now take it away. Does this team stay chalk with Jared Stidham, who they invested heavily in last offseason, or do you see them going in another direction? Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that they're gonna go in another direction. Um, shockingly enough, I I see Denver. Sorry to the Jared Stidham fans out there. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to the the Stidhamers, Stidham heads. I don't know. We'll come up with them as we go. As I almost caused Simon to have a spit take there. That was that was pretty solid. Stidemers is great. Let's let's Stidemers. get that <laughs> Um, I have the Broncos getting a quarterback. Um, he is the last quarterback I have uh, getting taken in the first round. This one I just saw a tweet from you earlier today. This one might irk you a little bit. I'm not 
digging my heels super far into this one. This is just kind of what I've seen. Uh, he's kind of, I don't know if consensus is the right word, but QB4 seems to be around the area that uh, he's in. I'm talking about Michigan's J.J. McCarthy. Um, McCarthy, he, he's won, right? Um, he has traits that you can you know analyze on the field and say, okay, he has something there. Uh, just maybe not necessarily that take the game over aspect of things, which he might have that, you know, because we did see flashes of it mm -hmm. uh, in college. <laughs> Michigan was a good football team, but um, not not any of the uh, the Caleb Williams, any of the Drake May kind of, okay, like this guy, he, he's got it. So I do have the Broncos going with J.J. McCarthy. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to stay too firm here um uh, but maybe sticking with where they're at in the draft uh because i do have three quarterbacks getting taken above mccarthy before i believe we said denver is 12 13 this year mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah that that that's where i've got denver at uh, i'll go ahead and kick it to you before we get to vegas so the Broncos, yeah, this is so interesting. Let me hit JJ McCarthy first to, to reference that tweet that that you mentioned there. Um, there's a lot of smoke right now about JJ McCarthy floating around over the last like week or so on on Twitter about where this guy is going to go. Apparently, as the draft contingent online and and media and insiders talk and dig more and more into teams about their boards, we're hearing more and more about how teams love JJ McCarthy. People are convinced he's going. Top 12, top 15, surefire first-round pick, but it's trading more towards top 12, top 10 every single day. When you listen and read like the top evaluators that are out there, the Dane Bruglers and Nate Tysis of The Athletic, Ben Solax of The Ringer, on and on and on, nobody else has a really has a round one grade on him, and that doesn't mean too much, right, because it's about teams and what they evaluate. And it only takes one team, right, to think a guy's a first-round pick. But it just seems so counter to what we've been hearing all year, right? This is peak smokescreen season. This is this is peak misinformation season. And while we have the commanders potentially eyeing to go up to number one, while we potentially have the Patriots looking to trade down or the Titans to trade down – or we have these teams at 11, 12, 13, Vikings, Broncos, Raiders, who we'll talk heavily about tonight, looking to maybe move up into the top teams. It it and then, then now we're also getting leaks that like, oh, maybe Drake May, like teams don't like as much. That teams might not see him as a top five kind of pick. It all just feels like teams trying to like position themselves and and make, you know, the idea of trading down for McCarthy seem enticing to the teams with the top pick, right? For for teams that are looking to go up for May or, or Washington to go up to get Williams or something like that. Um, it all feels like like smoke to me. Now, that said, that's nothing on what I actually feel about McCarthy as a prospect. I truthfully haven't done any of my own work on, on the, the draft or the prospects yet. From what I understand, he has a lot more tools in the toolbox than he showed at Michigan based on just – the way they play, they have one of the best offensive lines every single year. They have one of the best running backs this year. Um, they were built and one of the best defenses, so they're built to run the ball and take care of the ball, so they're not going to ask him to do too much. And he's super young. He, like, turned 21 this year or something, I think. Um, so it has nothing to do on him. I, I haven't watched enough to make that assessment. 
but it's more about this this feels like the the smokescreen right uh last year this is a little earlier than than happened last year but last year it was oh hendon hooker might sneak into the top 20 right two years ago it was can you pick in malik willis might both be top 10 picks um those things did not happen. Once we get to in that tier break of quarterbacks, QB three, four, five in the first round, that's where it feels like we start to get that smoke about where their actually perceived value is from teams. So I don't necessarily think he's going to be top 12. I don't necessarily think he's going to be first round. All of that said, I think there's an excellent pick because I could certainly see Sean Payton falling in love with this guy. And because of the Broncos situation, I'll continue to set this up for the Broncos. A draft pick might be their only way out of – Jared Stidham being their starting quarterback, right? Um, we know this team is releasing Russell Wilson. They really don't have any cap flexibility to do much else other than going full Saints. And, and speaking of which, they do have Sean Payton, right? Mm -hmm. So here's what they could do to sign a Kirk Cousins, who's really the only viable bona fide starter on the free agent market. Cut Russell Wilson, cut Garrett Bowles, cut Tim Patrick, cut DJ DJ Jones, cut Samaje Pete Ryan, restructure Zach Allen, Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, and Cortland Sutton, extend Justin Simmons and or Jerry Judy. If they do all of that, then they could probably maybe get into the Kirk Cousins conversation, which is a lot to do for a maybe for a 35-year-old quarterback coming off of an Achilles injury. When, by the way, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are in your own division, right? So, so you're jumping through a lot of hoops just to maybe get the third best quarterback in the division coming off of an injury, right? Because let's say Kirk isn't even the last two years of Kirk, which have been really, really good. But let's say it was like pre-last two years of Kirk, which is just like an average quarterback. That's a lot to do for an average quarterback. So I don't I don't think they're going to go through all that. So that means they're at Stidham or they're at a draft pick. So what I originally I said... So there you go. So what I originally said was Stidham plus maybe a, a backup, which, by the way, um, one Jameis Winston is a free agent this year. Sean Payton loved Jameis Winston. And then maybe a day two or day three rookie. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, does that sound like how Sean Payton's feeling at home right now? He's sitting there watching the playoffs, and he's like, man, I can't believe I missed the play. Like I was so close to making it my first year with this terrible team. Can Denver, now that they have their full allotment of draft picks, take that second-round pick that they have, which we're saying they could spend on a quarterback, right? So I think it's like pick 43, 44, something like that. Send that to Chicago and go get Justin Fields. Very low cap hit this year in a trade, right? Very low cap hit because the signing bonus isn't, isn't theirs, right? So, so they would have basically his... I think just his base salary, maybe some of his. I don't know how they would. But very, his cap hit for the Bears right now is $6 million. Um, so very low cap hit. They're, so Steelers contingent, including like not, not just Steelers Twitter, but very good Steeler followers that I have that like really know the cap, really think, okay, because you send a second-round pick for Justin Fields, you have to turn around and pick up his fifth-year option. Why? I mean, I get it's a second-round pick, and it's a large investment. You're talking about four years of cost control versus, okay, I'm only going to – I'm not going to pick up the fifth-year option, so I'm only going to take one year of the quarterback. But why compound it if it ends up being an issue, right? If if you trade for fields, you pick up the fifth-year option, 
you have to pay him $20 million next year, and he was a bust for you in this year, in 2024, why you you compounded that issue of trading the second round pick? Don't don't do that. Just trade the second round pick, write it off as a sunk cost if if Fields doesn't work out. Um, meanwhile, if Fields comes in, plays super well, you give him the franchise tag, you give him an extension, and, and that's just as good as picking up the fifth year option. I can see Sean Payton being so competitive and saying, "Okay, listen, I have Jared Stidham here in my back pocket if it doesn't work, just like I had with Russell Wilson." I could still, if I really wanted to, even take the 13th pick and pick a J.J. McCarthy. But I can also send my second-round pick for a complete lottery ticket in Justin Fields that at the very minimum, I can use Justin Fields like I use Taysom Hill in New Orleans as a like running option quarterback who can actually has an arm. And maybe I can develop him into something. And I, I've gotten this lottery ticket to the way I can actually compete with a Mahomes and a Herbert. So there, there was the one I kind of threw in at the end there. I really didn't have a great feel, home for Justin Fields, and we'll talk about some of the other teams. Um, but what do you what do you think about that? Because very low cap hit, you use a draft pick to get them. Um, they have cap in 2025 once the Russell Wilson dead money's gone, so you could afford the franchise tag or the extension after that. I, I don't know. I like it. I do too. I do too. I, I think – I think Justin Fields is a good option for any team in the league this year. Um, obviously, if you have a an elite quarterback, right, like uh, Mahomes, uh, a Herbert, an Allen, right, all the way down to like the Stafford, a Love, you get what I mean. Um, but for any of these teams that were kind of hesitant uh, about, you know, who, who their starting quarterback is going to be, I think Fields is a good option because for all the reasons you just listed, he's young, he's low cost. Um, and there's a ton of upside there. And at the very least, um, you have a premier rusher, right? Uh, a guy who can give you 600 yards on the ground in a season uh, on kind of limited carries. So I, I think I think anywhere Fields goes um, is getting a good opportunity. I don't think it's by any means a lock. Um, but I think Denver going that avenue would be beneficial for them. I, I'm with you, though. Um, I, I think it's got to be a young guy. It's got to be a guy on his rookie deal. Um, and that might be something that turns Denver off, is only having that two years or one year of control over fields. Uh, because, man, it seems like wherever Sean Payton goes, uh, the cap ghost just comes and follows him and tears everything to shreds. I would hate to be an accountant. Right. One of the like the few who who made it through the turnover. Right. It's like, all right, you know, my everybody from the last regime is gone. I'm here now. All right, let's go. New, new everything. And then it's like, you you want me to do what you <laughs> you you, you want to do what? How are you? OK? Yeah. Yeah. Let me uh let me spend the next 14 hours without blinking to try and work this out for you, Mr. Payton. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seems like everywhere Sean goes uh he's just kind of like all right we're just gonna spend some money he keeps bringing over his old new orleans staff right he just the the his offensive coordinator from his time in new orleans who stayed on with dennis allen for for the last couple of years um they just hired as a passing game coordinator i don't even remember his name but they brought him in mickey loomis better hopes he, he doesn't get 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 the can in New Orleans, or else he's gonna end up in Denver and be like, oh, I gotta do the books for this guy again, man. I I can't over again. For this. Um. All right, so that's the Raiders. We started. Everybody, we we're twenty one minutes into this podcast. We started with 
who I have the most written about. I think the Broncos are are one of the most interesting teams in all of this because of where they are from a cap standpoint, because of where they are with Sean Payton, because of how the whole year with Russell Wilson went down. It's very likely that they just roll with Jared Stidham and kind of take a, 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 a gap year essentially and just like fix their cap, work on the rest of their team and look at back at this next year. And that was what I had written initially, especially because we just watched Patrick Mahomes steam through the best of the AFC and win another Super Bowl. And then the second best guy in the division is Justin Herbert. So it'd be very easy to just say, we'll just we'll just wait. But I have a hard I have a tough time thinking Sean Payton's gonna do that. So so I like I like a little swing there. Maybe a first round pick, maybe send a second for uh Justin Fields. Still something low risk from a cap standpoint. Um, but a big swing if you're looking for a franchise quarterback. Let, let's hit this 14 here, the Las Vegas Raiders. Ronan, what did you do here for newly minted head coach Antonio Pierce? You know, this was a bit of a tough one for me, and this was – I don't want to necessarily call it a throwaway spot, but this is just kind of where I landed because they can go so many different ways here, right? Rookie mm-hmm. head coach, so we don't have much to go off of, um, you know, uh, what, what he prefers – um they Jimmy Garoppolo did not work out so it is clear that quarterback is going to be something that they address this offseason they have a top 15 pick right but not a top 10 pick not a top Mm -hmm. five pick so it's going to cost a little bit to move up if you want to get one of those guys that you like um and they're also working with I I think a little bit of room I, I glanced at over the cap and I think they're working with somewhere in the mid 30 uh range 36 so 36 you know they they I'm sure they're going to be able to make some room uh, if they want to go out and make a move for a quarterback. I went ahead and sent Kirk Cousins here to Vegas, kind of okay. a an, an unfortunate Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0, but maybe this one will work type of deal. You know because they, <laughs> they have they have a structure now in Vegas, right? Pierce he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He seems to have a little bit of the 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 relationship with the players where you know they're going to ride or die for him. And I, so I, I think he's going to have the locker room. Now you just need to bring in, bring in winning pieces. And as much as people may hate to admit it, Kirk Cousins is a winning piece. Uh, he does win football games, typically regular season games. I haven't seen a whole lot in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> one thing at a time, right? Um, this, this Raiders team just needs a, a new mantra, a new entire mindset. Um, the the McDaniel's experiment, the what shot was this like the fourth or fifth one at this point? Um, it, it didn't work, right? So I've got cousins heading to the Raiders just kind of on like a I'm not sure where they're gonna go with this one. I, I'm very excited to see where you have them going here, Simon. So I have them. I have them with Aiden O'Connell still. So for for all okay. the reasons I mentioned with with Kirk and and Denver, obviously I do think this is way more plausible than Denver because yeah, they don't have to do much. They already have thirty six million cap space. They can easily just restructure Colton Miller and Max Crosby and and have uh, plenty of room to go get a Kirk Cousins. I just wonder if they look at their team and, and the way I look at their team. I'm the one making this prediction, right? Are they a Kirk Cousins away from competing with Mahomes and Herbert? No. Do they have a ton of young players that you're like, well, let's get them in to get give the team the experience of having a good quarterback and getting us to the playoff? Not really. I mean, this is kind of a team that's built on 
cheap second contract guys and then a couple of stars. So it's not so much like like a Denver was with getting Russell Wilson two years ago where it was like, okay, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, um, a couple young O-linemen, some young defensive pieces. Let's bring a veteran in, try to mix it up and, and, and see what – this team doesn't have a lot of those young guys because they haven't really drafted all that well in recent years. Um, I do think it's very plausible. It is very interesting because this team has that cap space with a $28 million quarterback on their roster and Jimmy Garoppolo who – whether he stays or goes is going to cost them $28 million. Um, I actually really wanted to put Justin Fields here, especially when it was going to be Cliff Kingsbury. But the, they hired Bear, former Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze, who is just Justin Fields' offensive coordinator. So I don't think they disliked each other, but I don't think anybody wants to see 2.0 of Getze and Fields put together, right? It's like no. I, I think those guys got along. I don't think it was an issue, but I think Getze's ready to like – Try and get a guy who's like a quick processor in the pocket. I think Fields is ready for a guy who's going to like put together a good game plan for him. I think Pierce is ready to see Getsy not do what he was just doing in Chicago, right? Uh, so, so that one didn't work out. So, I, I ultimately think same thing as Denver, kind of a gap year. This team really worked well with Aiden O'Connell last year in terms of okay, going through the run game and then letting him rip it. Um, and just from a team morale standpoint, it really worked. So I could see them going with it again, using this year to build out the team and then going going after quarterback uh, next year. Um, so I assume in this, you know, Aiden O'Connell's on his rookie deal. He He's just the backup to Kirk. And then if Kirk is too old and washed, you just go to Aiden in, in your in your uh, experiment here. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the Raiders as one of those teams that could use a uh, a backup, which – Obviously, they need a starter as well, so that will kind of be dependent. But if you bring in a, a Kirk Cousins, you're going to need a backup. That, that's kind of my, my thought process on the whole thing. Uh, given the Achilles injury, given his age, uh, you, you just want to double down and make sure. What do you think and, – and this isn't the exercise for, for tonight, so it's okay to not have like a really solid answer. But like, do you think Kirk is going to get basically Ooh. the money he would have gotten anyways – because of the quarterback bump, do you think he it's going it's going to be a kind of a decline from where we were all kind of expecting him to get before the Achilles injury? Um, I don't need actual numbers or anything, but just like where right. where do you think his market is going to be um, coming off the injury? Let's see. I, I want to say his numbers at forty, right? He's getting, uh, I believe, forty a year. Uh, what was he getting? That sounds right. He, he kept doing all those one-year contracts, so it was hard yeah. to – Yeah. Let's see. This year, 2023, 10, 20, uh, he had signed a two-year, $66 million extension in 2020, okay. and then he got a three over 96. Um, So, yeah, he was at like a, a little over 30. A one-year okay. for 35 in 2022. Um, So, yeah, in, in the 30 to 35 range is where he's been. I think that's fair. I think that's a good number for him. Um, I think had he been healthy, I think you can definitely justify uh, a 40 to even 45 if you're that desperate um, in some instances because uh, just what he does bring, um, he, he brings a form of reliability. I know Vikings fans are going to just like spit in my face for that, but um, you know there is some consistency there with Cousins, whether it's for better or worse. Um. Yeah, I I think thirty to thirty five would be 
definitely fair. I, I don't think him like going down is a. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an option. It's definitely a possibility, yeah. but I, I don't think it should happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think he was probably set to really balloon into the like Stafford, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones tier of like the forty million dollar range exactly. before the injury. But now post injury, it's probably like similar like when you franchise tag a player. Um, it's like, okay, this is, this is the, now the baseline, right? Um, so maybe it's just like, Hey, what you were getting, you should probably get more, but the injury and the age will kind of just bring you back down to right where you were. I think, I think that's fair. Uh, and I do think he's going to have a market. You know, I, I know Vikings fans are, are kind of hoping he'll stick around, but they kind of wanted a little discount. Um, but I think there are going to be, I, th- I think there's two or three teams that are going to come calling and say, you know what? It, it's not super you're not super bowl you don't make a super bowl or bust coming here but we need good level quarterback play so we'll pay you the requisite cost so i think i think that's certainly going to be um in the cards all right that's enough of the afc west we did that we did that pretty big um we we both said mahomes and herbert obviously sticking uh you have the broncos going with jj mccarthy you have the raiders going with kirk cousins i have i'll just officially put the name to it justin fields going to the broncos uh, and Aiden O'Connell, AOC, sticking in Vegas. Ronan, what division do you want to go to now? Dude, you you just said that Justin Fields is going to Denver. I need to know where or who's going to replace him. Let's head to the NFC North. Beautiful. Well done. All right, let's do it. Who do you? So you want to start with the Bears, obviously, for currently um, slated with the first overall pick, or you want to go somewhere else first? Let, let's go with the Locks, and then we'll go with the okay, first call. overall pick, and then we'll go with. Kirk Cousins replacement question mark. Oh yeah, um, we have a couple replacements to hit here. Good call. So Lions going with Jared Goff. Um he he didn't play bad enough nope. to lose his job, right? He he played good enough to keep it sticking around for another year. He's just I, I don't know if we're gonna ever see that that kind of pop season that I think Detroit fans are are kind of hoping for, right? Because it's it's just kind of been Jared Goff football, just better Jared Goff football, right? There, there's been some bad instances throughout his career, but last season was a, a very good one for him. Um, got them a lot of wins back in the playoffs mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. first time, like ever, at least mm-hmm. in my existence. Um, <laughs> sticking around in the Detroit, Green Bay, they're back. Annoyingly enough, if you if you're a fan of the uh, any NFC team, because it feels like they just usually beat your team in the wild card round at some point. Um, Packers sticking with Jordan Love, not much of a surprise there. They sunk a uh, first round pick into him a couple of years ago, and it has panned out pretty fantastically. Now for the Bears, um, this is where we are definitely going to have different answers. Um, both options I really like for them. Chicago has a really exciting offseason coming up. But I see Chicago looking around, taking things into consideration, saying, dang, man, if we can build onto what we have right now, I, I think that would be something. Um, I have them trading down with a team to be determined, uh, but they'll end up getting their guy in Marvin Harrison. Uh, all quarterbacks will still be on the board. And uh, J- Justin Fields is staying in Chicago, man. Okay. Uh, I I think he's shown enough to where mm-hmm. you haven't lost hope on him, right? You just want him in the right situation. 
Uh, now, hopefully the situation that he's in now is in the right one because the past two haven't been. Um, but I've got the Bears sticking with Justin Fields. The fans want it. The teammates want it. Um, Chicago wants it. And hopefully the organization sees that and says, hey, you know, uh, I, I won't go too far actually into this because on the flip side of things, because you're about to give a really good point. Um, and it's definitely something yeah. that I've been toying with for a long time um, and something that I, I truthfully really wanted to put down. But what I think will happen is the Bears will stick with Justin Fields. And I'll leave it at that. Simon, go ahead. Tell so me where I'm the, wrong. We're the inverse here because you know that's what I want. I've been I've been first off, I love Justin Fields. Right. Second of all, I've hated what the Bears have done to him for for three seasons. Third of all, I think the Bears are the best in the best shape to accommodate and develop Justin Fields that they've been in since his career began. I would love to see Justin Fields, Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, Marvin Harrison Jr., DJ Moore, and this offensive line, which is really just one good level piece away from being an above average group. Um, Not to mention, they also have the ninth overall pick where they could do something else, right? So this team right now... I'm going to pull up their cap space, but today they just cleared a bunch of space as, as you know, we're recording this Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, they released center Cody Whitehair and safety Eddie Jackson. I think after like rule of 51 roster displacement, that still saves them like a good 15 to 20 million, right? So it's the first move of many, but they're, oh, I can't believe they're doing this again. They currently buy over the cap have $67 million in cap space. That's nuts, man. Last year they had 90 million. We saw everything they did. This is the best interior offensive line free agency class this late in the the year, I guess, right? February that I've seen in a couple years. Um I I don't love Braxton Jones, the left tackle, so they could upgrade him with the ninth pick in the draft, but he's fine. And I I don't when I watch him, I don't think he's a guy that can convert to guard. Um, they have something with Tevin Jenkins at playing guard. Nate Davis was inconsistent this year, but I'm sure they'll give him another year at it. Go sign a, a Cesar Ruiz or a Lloyd Cushenberry to play center with all that cap space. Don't mess around. Just take Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall or trade to three and take him before the Cardinals. And then at nine, go go get Brock Bowers or something, right? Go Go get... Uh, I don't know if Roma Dunze is still going to be there or you maybe you I, I don't think you need to take a defensive player, but you could if you take whatever you do, go use nine for something else. The defense that Aberflus built fields, Harrison, the offensive line, more Shane Waldron. I think that team could compete for the NFC North North legitimately this year. Um and I would love that because that that's what my heart wants. So similarly to your heart wanting what I'm about to say and your mind saying what my heart is saying, here's what I think is going to actually end up happening. And it's they're just going to draft Caleb Williams first overall. Or maybe they trade down to two and take Drake May or or Jane Daniels if they really like those guys. But I, I'm going with um, Caleb Williams first overall, and here's the kicker. I said all of that. I truly believe all of that stuff I just said. But you do have to decide on Justin Fields' fifth-year option this year. You have the first overall pick because of your trade with the Panthers last year, right? You are already picking at nine based on your own pick this year. You're probably, hopefully, only going to get better. This is your last chance to get a first overall pick quarterback in the draft for the next few seasons until you blow up the entire thing again. 
Um, and the kicker is the cap situation, right? You have the ability right now to go back to a rookie contract quarterback for the next four to five years, five years being the fifth-year option, and you can continue to build out the rest of the team. So you take Caleb Williams at one. At nine, you take the receiver, right? Whether, like I said, Roma Dunze before or um, uh, Malik Neighbors is going to be gone probably, but Brian, Brian Thomas Jr. is that the other uh, first-round receiver, LSU guy, big guy, whoever it is. I you're, think you're so, little, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe you just go ahead and reach for him a little bit. And I say reach, it's February. with This is all <laughs> over the place. Um, and, and you just – Maybe you take a step back this year, but maybe Caleb Williams is better than Justin Fields right off the bat. That's totally plausible. So that that's my that's my actual pick. That's what I think is going to happen, and I think it's going to come down to the money. I think the money is the reason why you get to reset your quarterback contract timeline right now. Going into this regime with a new OC, you you Eberflus has built that defense that he wants, right? So you continue to you have that already. You continue to invest financially in the offense. You have the first overall pick at quarterback. That's what I ultimately think they do. I like it. I like it. Um, I I don't know if it's what I want to happen in my heart because I do have some Bears friend Bears fan friends, and uh, you know they're they're all for Justin Fields, and I'd really hate to see him go because. But at the same time, I'd love a fresh start for him. You know, yeah. I, and and that's kind of I, I think I stood kind of in that area before the end of the season but then i heard chicago you know we want fields or, for know, him. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's like all right like no that that would that would really kind of suck if he just got shipped out and they went and got caleb williams i mean i guess it wouldn't suck because they might they might end up winning you know crazy amount of games and have like the next whatever he's compared to now yeah, don't don't say the words, right? Um yeah. so your your part part was your heart was going out for Justin Fields getting getting a fresh start more than your heart was wanting to see a different player for the Bears. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So we know where I put fields, we know where you put fields sticking here in, in Chicago. If you could just send him to any of the teams that Ooh. realistically are looking for a quarterback, right? Realist so not like Oh, give him to Andy Reid and the Chiefs and blah, blah, because that's not going to happen. But one of these other, like, let's say, like, nine to ten teams that are realistically maybe looking for another quarterback, and just to make your heart happy, just to make Ronan Summers happy, Ooh. where would you send fields? Okay, so the initial answer was going to be probably Seattle, but that would not make me happy because I'm a Rams fan, and the <laughs> NFC West would just even become even more of a gauntlet. So I'm going to say probably the Falcons. I, I think that's probably the, the most popular answer, right? Um, but just with the amount of offensive talent that they have over there, and now that you know, neither of us have Jordan or Jordan, uh, Justin Fields going to Atlanta, I'm excited right. to see where we go with that. Um, but that, that would be a lot of fun to see what they, uh, what they did over there or what do over there. My initial answer, other than the Bears, because that's actually where my heart is, obviously I'm thinking about the Steelers. Um, oh, yeah. I think my heart would be riding way too much on it, though. Like, there, there's potential for too much heartbreak for me there to see 
Justin Fields fail in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform that I'm a little too afraid to see it, right? Like it would it, I don't think my I don't think I could take it. Um so I mentioned them already earlier. I I wish Lucchetti wasn't with the Raiders because I, I would love to see Fields in the black and silver playing for Antonio yeah. Pierce, throwing to Devontae Adams. I I think that would be so cool. All right, enough Fields talk. Let's get to the final team of the NFC North. What do you have the Minnesota Vikings doing? Yeah, this is another kind of questionable spot, right? I've already got Kirk Cousins on the Raiders, so going to have to fill in someone here. Um, and I went with Jaden Daniels, uh, QB3, right, on on my board. Um, you're, you're shaking your head. I don't know if this is sarcasm. I don't know if we're liking this. No, this is what I did, too. This is what I perfect, did. Perfect, 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 perfect. We're always due for I one. Want, we're always due hey, for one. you know what? I'm, I'm so okay with it because this was honestly the one that I started out with. This was the first name that I put okay. down. And I was like, well, okay, that's not true because I had to go out through, go through. Uh, but this was the one that I was most excited about because um, I started with the rookies. I started with uh, who I thought was going to go first and second uh, between Caleb and uh, Drake. And then Daniels I was like, okay, this, this is the one I'm most juiced about because dude, we've seen Kevin O'Connell with a, a 30 plus year old quarterback, right? lighting stuff up mm -hmm. now can we sit here and imagine what koc and just that entire offensive staff and the players that can help yep. progress a yep. young quarterback yep. what that can do for a uh, a young guy that mm -hmm. that that's that's a very ideal spot uh for one of these young qbs one of these rookie quarterbacks is uh thrown to justin jefferson and tj hawkinson and uh, Jordan, Addison. Mm -hmm. Jordan Addison, oh my mm -hmm. God, who had a fantastic rookie mm -hmm. season this mm -hmm. year. Um, absolutely. So I've got Jaden Daniels going to Minnesota, Simon. Yep, I, I'm here with you. This is the one that took me the longest, and it's probably because I have so many Vikings fans in my life that I just kept going back and forth with and trying to see how they felt about the whole Kirk Cousins thing. And here's where I landed on on Cousins. During the season, and I, I said a lot of this for Denver, but during the season with how involved he was still in Minnesota, I mean, he's like banging the drum at he's on the sidelines at the games. Like it just feels like he and the team want to be back together. But the truth of the matter is Minnesota has been trying to figure out how to get out of Kirk Cousins for years. They just have, right? And and Maybe now they wish they hadn't done that for, for all those years, right? But at the same time, like, they've been building around and building around. They created that team that you're talking about. Um, they have Brian Flores, like, coaching up an under-talented defensive unit. And it kind of feels like on one hand, you're like, these teams want to be together. There's a real path that they could continue to compete the NFC in 2024 if they were to keep them. But if you keep Kirk Cousins, you can't just keep them for this year. You probably have to give him a two. You have to give him. Well, obviously, you can't keep just for the. You you have to give him probably a two year extension, a, a two year contract because of his cap hit the way. And even with that, you're you're not lowering his. You have a twenty eight million dollar cap hit for Kirk Cousins either way, right? So if you keep him, you're probably going to give him a couple of years to spread that out and give yourself a little bit of money for the next couple of years. And then you're like, man, then we're extending out this Kirk Cousins payday. For another three or plus seasons, if we do more void years, and 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 then you so you're like, does that feel great? Again, for a 35 year old coming off an Achilles injury, no, this is our best chance to kind of break free. And then you turn around and you look, and you look at the NFC, and you're like, okay, yeah, we could probably compete 
this year, right? Because we have like the 49ers and Brock Purdy, the Lions and Jared Goff, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. But then you look and you're like, okay, well, Jordan loves a dude, right? And he's just getting started in Green Bay. They're right around the corner from being mm -hmm. Super Bowl contenders. Mm -hmm. The top two picks as of right now are with NFC teams. So we're talking about adding maybe two more highly talented young players to this conference. If we do three more years of Kirk by the money, two more years of playing, we're like still competing with these guys right now, but we're losing steam on competing with this next wave of NFC teams. And that was the final straw for me thinking about, do we want to continue to wait and drag this thing out for a couple more years? So I'm with you. I think this is the team that moves up to to a New England at three, to a, a, a Tennessee at seven, to an Atlanta at eight, um, wherever Jaden Daniels seems to end up going. I think this is the team that moves up and, and goes to get him. I don't think they get all the way to one or two um, un unless it's the Bears, and I can't wait to hear your trade-down scenario eventually. But I, I think this is it. And, yeah, I, you know, you, you can – build around this guy you have the tackles you have the receivers you can invest in the defense with your with your other picks or with your other financial um flexibility that you'll create and you could just really go for it for the for the next five years so i'm with you i have jane daniels for the vikings as well i love it all right I'm so i'm so glad all right do you have any more vikings or nfc north thoughts or do you want to take us to the next division I do not. I think uh, I, I just think the, the pair makes sense. Um, obviously, it's still very early, um, but I, I'm I'm interested to see if the Vikings would even have to move down or move up in the mm. draft. Um, yeah, very, 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 is, very yep. interesting. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I want you said something. And I'm very – I want to know where you're going with this team in particular. It's the AFC East. Um, there's three locks, and then there's there's one question mark. And you've got me really – you've got me in circles right now because you're talking about them trading down. I've got them sticking, right? So we've got we'll, – we'll talk about the AFC East, right? Bills, Josh Allen, whoop-de-doo, mm -hmm. he's sticking mm -hmm. around. Dolphins, Tua. He's going to get paid probably this offseason. They can't yeah. afford to let go of him and go through a whole new cycle of finding a quarterback. Uh, and then the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, it seems like his Achilles, it was supposed to be good like two weeks ago, three weeks, uh, two months ago. Who, who knows? <laughs> uh, he's going to be the starter for the Jets. I've got Drake May as quarterback, or uh, yeah, QB1 uh, for the New England Patriots this coming season, Simon. But I, I want to know, do you have them trading down? Oh, yep. no. Yep, yep. And this was a late decision by me as well. So so uh, real quick, we should mention, you you said it, Tua needs an extension this offseason. Jared Goff also needs an extension this offseason, going back to the NFC North for a second. So the Patriots, the more I think about it, the more I think about how Gerard Mayo wants to kick this thing off, and, you know, you read and you go back and watch some of the interviews that have been referenced lately and, and that he did right when he got hired, right, at, right after he did the press conference with the announcement that he was the coach. He did two different interviews on the same day. And in one of them, he said – they asked him what he's going to do with the draft, and he says – let me have it. I had the exact quote here. Um, doo -doo -doo. He says, we're going to take the – quote, we're going to take the best player at a very important position. 
you put the pieces together, end quote. And he does it with like a sly smile, like he's being all like all, all fun and whatnot. And then the same day, just a different interview, they ask him the same question. And he says, we're going to look for an impact player. It could be any position, quarterback, wide receiver, tackle, completely leaving it open-ended. I don't know. I don't know if Kraft saw the first one and was like, hey, man, button up or or he got a little more loose as the day went on. I don't even know what order those two went in. But I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I'm thinking about, okay, the Patriots at three. What do they have to do to this roster, right? They need a line. They need receivers. They still have a good defense. Um, but this is a team and a franchise of stability first and then ready to ready to win second, right? And, yeah, they're, they're chomping at the bit to win again, but does sitting and picking at Three, if you're getting the third best guy, and again, this all depends on what how teams do their evaluations and what their research says on on what information they get on who's going where. And oh, we actually feel like Drake May is the number one quarterback, and we get him at three, and we feel great about that. Ultimately, what I think is going to end up happening is they're going to be at three, and they're going to say, "Do we want to take the third best quarterback?" And they're going to decide not to because the last time they waited for the the drop down at quarterback, they picked Mac Jones 15th and here we are with Mac Jones right now right which I I still do think is more of a what they did to him than himself being an issue but with that my before I tell you who I have do you want do you want to talk more about the draft pick scenario or do you want me to just tell you who I got I I want to know I want to okay. know because okay. I'm I'm it's not that it's not that fun. It's Jacoby Brissett. All right. Uh this oh. is this is this is the big one of the division and it's a career backup. I just did all that setup and Ronan is super depressed. Uh here we go. Let me see if I can convince you. When Gerard Mayo was first hired um to be the Patriots head coach, yeah, he just said impact player, right? In the draft was what we're gonna look for, or we're going to take the best player at a very important position. So, like I said, do they take QB three at three? Um I've been convinced they would do that. Now I'm starting to wonder. Um and there's going to be so much to figure out. But Brissett, I think, comes in. I think they maybe take a guy in the second round, right? They have that 34th, 35th pick, so maybe a Bo Nix, maybe a Michael Penix. Um, and then you add in Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, and you let those four kind of compete it out, and this team is going to want to be all about, like, grit and, and competition still, I think. A true quarterback competition, um, and then the ties, not only does Brissett obviously have the ties to new England, he was only there for a year and, and draw Mayo that was in Mayo's hiatus from the Patriots. He was done playing. He hadn't started coaching yet, but still ties to the Patriots and the Patriots hired Alex Van Pelt to be their offensive coordinator, who was the offensive coordinator for Cleveland when Brissett was there in 2022 and had a really good year. So I think ultimately the Patriots end up trading out of three however far they go maybe wh whether they actually go all the way down to 11 to minnesota may or if maybe they do a thing where they go do it down to 11 to trade back up right like arizona did last year at, at two um and, and they go to get a receiver um they i mean or they could stay at three in this scenario and just take marvin harrison jr and then pair him with jacoby percent and and have a really good year um I think this team foregoes quarterback this year. I think they I think they play it slow. I think they get Jacoby Brissett to help them compete. Um and they continue to try to build this thing out offensively. It's it's kind of disgusting, but I kind of <laughs> like it. It's a Patriots move. 
it's it's the just it's the definition of a Patriots move. It's like it, it'll win them games, and it, it won't be pretty. But at the end of the season, be like, all right, well, the Patriots improved. Whatever, like we're back to it. Um, yeah, I, I think Brissett is a very viable option. Um, I'd like to see the the jump start on the rebuild kind of get going pronto, right? Because the past couple of seasons have been tough for New England. I mean, we're we're talking about like Bill Belichick parted ways, right? And like people are very very confidently talking about Bill Belichick's legacy. Like, or, you know, just based off of the mm-hmm. past two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. So it has been a very rough couple of years for the Patriots. So I'd like to see some positive turn uh, here this year. And, you know, the quarterback position has been a very, very, very lackluster one for them since Brady retired. So I'd like to see a young guy come in there and, uh, you know, stir things up. Mac Jones looked like he might be able to do that at some points um but man he just kept twisting ankles i don't know twisting ankles and kicking people in and the not garage. in a good way not, not yeah not, not 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 the way you would want um no. who's this elliot wolf who's now in charge of the team because because the when we get into the trade down machinations too it's like could they just take marvin harrison or because i mean i think they could get a haul going from three to eleven right Oh yeah. Then, oh yeah. Then you, Cause then at eleven, maybe you take maybe you take like a JC Latham, right? Maybe you miss out on a Dunze and, and neighbors, but then in the second round, whether you take maybe you don't even take a quarterback, maybe you that's when you get into and I'm just naming names that I see around these rankings right now, everybody. The the I'm not sitting here telling you I've scouted all these guys, but um I think it's James Polk, the other Washington receiver, or an Adonai Mitchell, right? You can get a second-round receiver. We see it every year. Um, and, and boom, you've just hit, like, your other two biggest needs, and, and you fill in Jacoby Brissett, who is if – he, if he had played this whole year, would have been in everybody's rankings as, like, a, a above-average quarterback, right? Uh, and, oh, yeah. And, um, I, think, I think you could do something with it. So, so you have – I'm going to transition us to our next division because I need to hear how this trade down happened. So you have Jaden Daniels going to Minnesota, but you had them sitting at 11, right, to do it? Uh, I had roughly... trade up in question or with uh, with a question mark next to it. If they were to trade up, it would probably be in the, I would say, 5 to 7 range, let's say. Yep. So, so that Giants, maybe Giants, Chargers, Chargers, but Titans, Titans, Titans are prime trade down candidate, I think. Okay. So you've said Drake May at three. Jane Daniels a little bit behind that. Marvin Harrison to Chicago at some point is where you're at. So take me to the NFC East, where I think you have one Caleb Williams going. I do. I do okay. because. They just signed, or not just, I guess, because we're a little bit removed from that. Uh, Cliff is the OC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have the number two pick, the number one overall team. I know you have Caleb Williams going there, um, but they don't have a clear need um, for quarterback, right? So the options are at least open, and I think Washington gives them the best of both worlds where they can go and get 
the best player arguably in the draft and uh, at a position of need for Chicago, right? And Marvin Harrison, to they can trade down to two and maybe even say, screw it. I'm going to go down to three. What what can you give me, right? Mm-hmm. You want your quarterback mm-hmm. so bad. What can, what can right. you do for me? Right. Uh, and then you get Harrison at three in the mm-hmm. greatest swindle of uh, mm-hmm. all time, potentially. Uh, um, I I think I I think Caleb Williams to the Commanders makes a lot of sense. Um, this is a team that is desperately trying to repair their image um, yes. for the public eye, and okay. if you can bring in a a star like a mega star that is Caleb Williams. I mean, we've been talking about him since he was at Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. He has been in the public eye since day one, ever since he was a you know recruit coming out of high school. Where's Caleb Williams going to go? Um, so bringing in that magnitude of a quarterback and of a personality, um, it, I, I think would be huge for Washington. I think they're willing to give up the farm. They've got a new regime in there. I, I think first and foremost, they just want to have their guys, right? And if that means paying a little bit extra, uh, then so be it. So I have Caleb Williams going number one overall after Washington trades up with the Bears to obtain him. Um, now, I don't think that's a lock. I think that, you know, the commanders could stick at two and go May or Daniels or trade down because and, and, they're the commanders and get like a Bo Nix or something at 25 and just say, no, we're good. So... But yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Caleb Williams at one to the Commanders because uh, that little bit of me wants Justin Fields to stay in Chicago. I think is what it all boils down to. <laughs> That's where Ronan started his predictions, and then everything else was a domino. Um, yeah, exactly. I love exactly. it. I have the Commanders with a draft pick. I lean Drake May and them staying at two because of the aforementioned information with Chicago. I just don't think they'll move off of one, and I think Chicago will sit and pick at two. I have Drake May there right now. All the basketball connections I've been saying on this pod and stat sheet for for months now. Um, the experience in college and the air raid system, right? You because because there's that's the whole thing with the Cliff Kingsbury hire, the connection to Caleb Williams, but also the air. He's the NFL's air raid guy, and that's what Drake May played in college at UNC. So um, that is certainly there. And I think if they do stay at two, it's May, but. I do wonder, right, you mentioned, like, the commanders are the commanders, and, like, I didn't think that way up until the head coaching snafu, right? But I'm very interested to see if they get overly aggressive and overly desperate almost to get back in the public eye in a positive light that they they trade it all to go from two to one, right? I'm talking they trade two. They trade their second rounder. They trade their first next year. They trade their second, right? They do all this to go get Caleb Williams because they're like, we need a win, right? Go get the consensus number one. Go get the hometown kid. um, Pair him up with Cliff Kingsbury, and then we go. Because they were looking really good with the Adam Peters hire, and I was – one of them, I was sitting here saying, this new ownership group has it together. They're aggressive. They go get their guy. They're going to get Ben Johnson. Not only do they not get Ben Johnson, they have the whole dramatics where they're leaking all this stuff about him, and they're still probably leaking stuff about him right now, weeks later. Um, they end up with Dan Quinn, which like 
I think Dan Quinn is fine. I don't know if I've ever have. I don't know what pod I've said it. I think we talked about it last week on the stat sheet, but it's just like it's fine. It's fine. And if they're looking for a win, do they get overly aggressive? And by the way, it might not be overly aggressive because even if they trade all that, but then Caleb Williams is a multi-time All Pro and MVP and wins a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what you traded for him. But not at all. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it's one of those two guys. I, I don't think they. I think the trade down scenario is very funny and they, you, I mean, you know, I look, but like they take a tackle at five and then <laughs> they get a second round quarterback and like, it doesn't really work out or they get like Jared first out of Florida state as an edge rusher. And they're just like, yeah, this will be good. And they're just building the last regime's team. But anyways, the commanders, I Taylor, drafted, Heineke. Go get, gosh, Taylor Heineke and him and Sam Howell just slinging it. Um, yeah. Go get a draft pick. One of those top two guys. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely see that. So then, go ahead. You know, you, you just brought up Howell's name. That's an interesting one. Do you think he's someone that could potentially get traded maybe midseason if there's an injury type of deal um, or just in general, right? Because I don't know. Like, as a Rams fan, I would absolutely love to see Sean McVay sink his claws into Sam Howell uh-huh. for a season and see what you can get out of him. I would love it. That seems like so, a Stafford, like little baby Stafford with, you know, less abilities, right? Little, little baby Stafford. Didn't evolve uh, little, yet. Little, little baby stiff arm. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like the, I, but I think, I think Washington would hang on to him to be, to be a backup. Cause I think he could be one yeah. of those guys. That's like a high level backup for a long time. Um, yeah, for sure. and I think there's, I think there's a lot of names out there that are, like I said, I think there's going to be one or two quarterbacks that could be starters that, get left off of the strain right we talked about mm-hmm. fields russell wilson is going to be out there um we'll we'll get to geno smith we had some news today that's interesting but like here's some other free agent quarterbacks there's and and you could probably read these names and be like i'd rather have sam Howell than all these guys but Kirk cousins ryan Tannehill, jacoby Brissett, tyrod taylor gardner Minshew, marcus mariota mason rudolph baker mayfield Jameis winston drew Locke, josh Dobbs, joe flacco sam darnold mitch trubisky carson wentz pj walker jake browning yeah, That's probably over more more than half, probably, but there, still, I mean, those are still lot, like those are a lot of fine backups to to solid to good backups. Um, definitely, maybe Howell is a guy that spends this year back as a backup, and we spend the year kind of forgetting how bad the year got, and then he's a guy that because because the people are already saying like a twenty twenty five draft quarterback class isn't very good. Maybe then he becomes a like. I'd rather trade a fourth and right. throw Sam Howell in there than spend a first on a Schroeder Sanders or, or someone like that. So I do think Howell's interesting, though. I I, I like Howell. Um, let's round up the NFC East here. Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Eagles, Jalen Hurts. No no qualms there, I assume? Nope, none. How you feel about the Giants? What do you have there? I, I see them as a team that needs a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not in a situation, I don't think, to be able to move on from Jones. Uh, yeah. They're just they just paid him right last off season. Yep. Um, yeah, you, you can't you can't move on from him. Um, this is unfortunately what you signed up for. Um, obviously, not exactly what you signed up for because you couldn't really foresee the injury. Um, but at the same time, you ran him like crazy, so I guess you kind of could have. Um, yeah, time will tell on the Daniel Jones deal, there was a time where the deal didn't seem that crazy. It, it was never, you know, a sexy deal, but 
there was a time where it was like, all right, like yeah, he was good enough. They went to the playoffs, like whatever, he got paid. Um, but last last season was like a wow, he got paid way too much. <laughs> um, so and I don't think that's necessarily all on Daniel Jones. Right. Um, that Giants off Giants offense is just not pretty. Um, you, you're gonna need probably two or three more skill position players. Um, Lord knows how many offensive linemen you might be able to to address that one, but it, it's it's something that needs to be fixed up. And I don't think quarterback is the uh, the worst issue on that offense. So Daniel Jones sticking around another year, uh, probably for the foreseeable future, Simon. Yeah, I mean his his cap hit this year is forty seven million. His dead cap, if they were to cut him, is sixty nine million. Yeah. Um, not nice. They're they're not going to do that. It's not it's not going to no. happen. Um, I think uh, so. On stat sheet, two weeks ago we did our award show. I gave them the like who walked under the ladder award, right? Because like this that this season honestly should be written off. I, I know twenty twenty three is what people think should be written off because it was like the best year Jones has ever had. They went from a bottom dweller to like winning a playoff game. That seemed like the aberration of all aberrations. But I'd rather believe, and not just rather, but I think it's better to believe that like Brian Dayball came in as the head coach you expected and turned the team around and turned Jones around for a year. And then last year, 11 different starters on the offensive line. Jones gets hurt. Um, you make bad investment in pass catcher, right? You, you give Darren Waller all that money and you draft Jalen Hyatt in the third or fourth round and you think that's enough and it's not. Um, so yeah, I think you keep Jones. You have the sixth pick. You're either getting Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze. You hope that your offensive line stays healthy this year. You maybe move Evan Neal into right guard from right tackle, and you maybe draft another tackle. I will be doing some work on him and one Ikea Kwanu to see if I think those guys need to be moved into guard in year three, so stay tuned on that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think anything else is going to happen. I did at one point have... Could this be the team that trades a second round pick for Justin Fields, right? Very similar Ooh. player to Daniel Jones. Um, oh, God. No, no. And then we it's too just, similar, right? It's too we similar. We just too, complained about how he had no one to throw to. Just complained about. You just you got go, DJ Moore. Psych. You you're going to be throwing to Darren Waller. Ro like, Roma Dunze. You go get Roma Dunze. And, and yeah, it's just. No, I I don't like it because because then those guys are too similar too, right? It's like you're yeah you're you're what are you yeah what are you doing? So, um yeah, it's Daniel Jones. I don't know if they bring Tyrod back. I don't know if they just roll with who was the guy we loved for four weeks. Oh, uh, Devito, Tommy Devito. Yeah, I I'm almost said Danucci. Dang, I, remember I, Ben Den Ben Denucci. I uh, of course I remember Ben Denucci, fellow JMU alum, Ben Denucci. Obviously, um, obviously, it's my guy. I almost said Dante DiVincenzo, so it's definitely, it's definitely not that one. You're certainly Matthew Delavadova. Oh god, <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so NFC East is settled. Everybody's staying <laughs> the same. Commanders are taking a top two pick. Yeah, yes, sir. Where do you want to go next? We we've covered half of our divisions. Where where are we going next? All right. Um, I think. I think we'll go to my division, uh, my favorite division. That's the NFC West, where I have no changes. Um, very boring. Right. All right. teams are pretty much set at quarterback at the moment. Geno Smith sticking around as the Seattle quarterback. The Rams locked and loaded with Matthew Stafford. 
The Cardinals rolling with Kyler Murray, which mm -hmm. was questionable, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. to start the year. But I, I would say that he he proved himself. Um, he uh, he looked pretty yep. good this season, all things considered. And then, of course, the NFC champions, the defending NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers, rolling with Brock Purdy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, he's getting paid pennies compared to other quarterbacks. Roll with this for as long as you can because it won't last forever. Yeah, so I have no changes in the NFC West as well, but I do have some interesting some interesting thoughts here. So Niners, obviously, Brock Purdy, no, nothing there. Rams, Matt Stafford. They drafted Stetson Bennett in the fourth round last year, the Rams did, to be this, like, perfect McVay backup, and then they tried to make us believe they thought there was something that could be a star. Stetson Bennett's NFL career has not really started um he was away for the team for a long time there's lots of rumors about what that is obviously this team did some crazy stuff at backup they had a guy named dresser play a game or suit up for a game uh carson wentz played in a game for this team what do what do you you, you mentioned sam howell does this team need a high level backup in case stafford gets hurt again and, and I... who's a guy you like is there is there one of those free agents i named that you like or do you think it's another mid-round draft pick i'm in the boat where if we're going to spend any sort of capital whether that's draft or you know just a decent amount of cap space on a backup quarterback i would like that quarterback to be someone who is young who can be developed and potentially take over for stafford whether that be next year whether that be two years from now whenever that is um, I would like for that to kind of be at least at the very least the plan for the air, right? Kind of like what Dobbs was for Big, Big Ben, right? He, he was kind of, <laughs> you get what I'm uh, saying? Like, yeah. just kind of like chilling out, like maybe not to that extent, but I mean, Dobbs has been lighting or kind of lit it up at certain points and then other points it fell. Out. I don't know what the deal was with that, but back to the Rams. <laughs> um, I would like to see them potentially go with like a a Jordan Travis, mm, okay, in yeah. the second or third, um, mm -hmm. a Michael Penix. I, mm -hmm. I think if I think if you can go with one of those guys in the second round, mm -hmm. um, that would be huge. Um, I don't want to see them shoot for one in the first. I, I think cornerback yeah. is way too big of a need yeah. um, to even consider going quarterback of the future there. Um, but we've seen the Packers have, you know, not a whole lot. Uh, well, mm -hmm. I say that and they had Adams, but not a whole lot offensively and go out and get Jordan Love. Uh, so anything can happen. But that's what I would love for the Rams to do is to go out and get, whether that's a Howell, whether that's a, a Jordan Travis, a Penix. Uh, I, I've been a hater of Bo Nix, so maybe not him, just so I can kind of stick well, to my guns. But Spencer if he's a Rambler action, Spencer uh, that might be where I cut it off. I don't know <laughs> if I'm necessarily on the the, the rattler, um, the rattler train. But you know what? If McVeigh likes him, I'm all for it. Because yeah, I mean, your bowl. that'd be interesting. Yeah, you know what? Uh, McVeigh knows a heck of a lot more about developing a football player than I do. So if he likes him, I'm all for for it. So as long as they get a young. Uh, young quarterback to kind of kind of try to groom under Stafford. I think that would be great. Oh, okay. Uh, Cardinals, Kyler Murray, you mentioned it. I was so wrong on this team and Kyler going into the season. 
and he is he's full go their starter that, that's very exciting uh, i am i do I, I love kyler so I'm, I'm excited to see it the seahawks geno smith let's get into this news here because there's there's some more smoke we have to talk about Today, Thursday, February 15th, Adam Schefter tweeted about Geno's contract. Basically, the Seahawks went ahead and picked up they, it picked up an option. They they paid out his roster bonus for almost $13 million, which essentially guarantees his contract for this season. And but it also guarantees that whatever happens with him, it's for about twelve to thirteen million dollars. So whether he's on the team this year, whether he's on the roster, whether they cut him, or whether they trade him. Now this is interesting because normally this tweet would just be the Seahawks have moved up the deadline on Geno Smith's roster bonus and have guaranteed his contract for twenty twenty four, and that would be the end of discussion. But since the Pete Carroll firing, we've gotten little tidbits, little inklings about. Part of why the separation between Carroll and the Seahawks happened was Seattle was ready to move on and, and look for a rookie, look for a young quarterback, and Carroll wanted to stick with Geno Smith. So now it's kind of, okay, when does that happen, right? And, and Mike McDonald is the head coach now. When I was doing – when we were talking about like head coaching fits and everything, I liked McDonald for the Seahawks because, okay, this guy is defensive-minded. He can work with defense now. You can keep Geno, keep the offense intact for another year try to win right now but mcdonald mcdonald is also young enough that you can move on if the front office wants to do you see this is where this is where the jj mccarthy train really starts for me i because because see you would say for seattle okay they need they need defense right their defense was so bad that's why you brought in mike mcdonald i think he could take this same defensive roster and give you a top 10 defense next year the offense is already intact right you have Three good receivers. You have your two tackles. Your interior offensive line could use some work, but that's what second round picks are for. That's what you know the the cap is there for. Um, and you have Geno Smith. You have two running backs. You have a bunch of tight ends. You got to pay a couple guys, but that's why your quarterback makes thirteen million dollars. This is, I could see McCarthy going here at eighteen, taking a year under Geno, uh, and then you know they they play out Geno for however long is relevant for this season. And then they can turn to McCarthy uh, going into next year. They have, um, I forget his name, Grubb, I think, the Washington OC, who was for a hot second, the Alabama OC. Um, So they have a young, college-minded, college-oriented coach as their offensive coordinator. That would be interesting to see him work with a rookie quarterback just coming out of college. This is, I, I know I just said, I don't see McCarthy being top 12, and now I'm saying he could go 18. There's not a huge <laughs> difference there. But if if I'm going to buy into the round one hype, I like it better here than than in that top 11, 12, 13 for those teams. So what do you think about the Geno situation, and what do you think that all that means that they do in general? Whether Obviously, you have McCarthy going elsewhere, but what do you think they do with the quarterback position behind Geno? It's murky water, Simon. It really is because, I mean – it's clear that they're going to make a move on from him, right? Um, so is that going to be tomorrow, right? Is that, like is that decision going to be made tomorrow, where it's like, all right, we're going all in on this rookie class, you know, let, let's find our guy, or you know, are, is this going to be a two year long like investigation of like, all right, what do we want in a quarterback? Um, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I I don't know. I don't know what the best 
course of action for this team is because they have such a, a variety of young players and veterans, right, to where mm -hmm. they have a lot of components where this should work. Um, it wasn't too long ago when it was working uh, quite well, actually. So I, I think bringing in a guy like a McCarthy, like a Bo Nix, um, there in that that range, uh, I, I think that that wouldn't be the worst way to go about it. But I don't know, man. Gino's just been working. I, I don't. Do you think that it, it, it's like? it has to be done like this off season. Like, all right, we've seen enough of Gino. We've gotten our fill. Like it's over with. I don't think so. I think Gino has been great. And I don't think he's the reason that they haven't had the, the off season success and, and the way his contract is set up. I mean, obviously like, you know, uh, third they they guaranteed. So they guaranteed the salary of $12.7 million for this year. But his cap hits thirty one million. But if they were to cut him, his cap hit would be thirty. So he's going to be on this team regardless. I'm sure mm -hmm. Pete Carroll just wanted every investment to be made to build around him, whereas the team is ready to to kind of do. But next year's dead cap is less than nine million dollars if they were to move on. So I think it makes way more sense to let them ride this thing out for one more year. But yeah, if they want to make the first round pick the the heir. I don't think that's a bad idea for this year if it's obviously if it's the right guy. Kind of what we wanted the Lions to do last year, right? right. They did it just a little bit later with a Hendon Hooker. Um, and obviously they had a great year and Ben Johnson's coming back. So Jared Goff looks like his career in Detroit's gonna last a little bit longer. But I could see this team um be being the good team that drafts its its next quarterback in the first round this year. And I and I think that would I think that would be totally fine. But I also want to see Gino continue to play for this team now if the Steelers wanted to trade for Geno Smith I would be very very excited I would not I would not say no to that whatsoever I would maybe even like that more than Justin Fields and not just because of the heartbreak situation but um that that's for that's for another podcast so that's Geno Smith anything else on your NFC West I don't think so and I think we have to jump straight into what you think the Steelers will do oh gosh okay so Going into the AFC North, and this is this is good because this is another division where I see no changes for week one. I see Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Kenny Pickett to highlight the Steelers specifically. Um I so the Justin Fields type about the Steelers is obviously because Schefter was just doing an interview the other day where he was just throwing out names the Steelers could go get. He was just throwing out the names of guys that were available. I, I forget if he the first name he said, uh, whether it was Tannehill or, or Kirk Cousins, but he said Russell Wilson, and he said Justin Fields, and then he elaborated and was like, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. Yeah, but that every, then everyone ran with it. I mean, Vegas odds went from like, what, plus 500, plus 550 to like minus 125 that Fields was going to the Steelers or something like that. All from one little comment from Schefter, which was clearly just like a, he's just naming the dudes that are available and mentioning, oh, and by the way, Tomlin likes Fields, which like, great. Like that 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 means something, but not that the Steelers are going to go trade for Justin Fields right now. Um, the Steelers will bring in a veteran. It's probably not Justin Fields. It's probably not Geno Smith. They want it to be Mason Rudolph. I know there was the quote that he is like looking to explore the market. He's been looking to get out of Pittsburgh for years, and nobody ever wants him. Um, and he's got a three four game sample size, which is nice. But I think the Steelers are going to value him the most and offer him the most money, and he's going to stick around. 
and it's going to be Kenny versus Mason. And maybe what I really hope happens is a third to fourth round pick, right? So so we threw out some of these names. Of course, the guys I like best in this range when I first thought about this are were, were the Quinn Ewers and the um, who's the Georgia kid, Carson Beck, right? They both went back. But yeah, do you do you throw a, a little lifeline? Yeah, Jordan Travis or Michael Pratt from Tulane or um, a Sam Hartman late on day three from Notre Dame, right? Somebody like that. Um, not even the Michael Penix kind of situation. More mid round guy. Um, and and you basically yeah just punting it on this year and see what Kenny Pickett looks like under someone that's not Matt Canada, which I'm I'm interested in. But I, I do think Jess Fields would be a good Smith fit under arthur smith i think that would be interesting but i have this division being chalk how do you feel about it Ron? i do as well i do as well um i think bringing in a veteran is entirely possible um but i don't think bringing in a guy like let's say russell wilson or kirk cousins is necessarily beneficial um it might be for this season right you you might get a couple wins out of it uh but for kenny pickett's growth who you just spent a first round pick on uh, a couple years ago that that's going to completely tank him right he, he's mm-hmm. he's been a starter before you can't make a guy a starter and then take him off right and then have him sit behind uh you know, I, I don't want to say average quarterback, but uh, maybe an uh, average above average quarterback and then go right back in. Right. It's not like he was sitting behind a uh, Rogers or something. Um, so that it's just going to stun his growth. If you bring in someone like that, you need to bring in someone who's going to compete with them, compete against them. Uh, so whether that's like a Tannehill, whether that is like a Mason Rudolph, uh, whether that is a, a third round, you know, rookie, you need to do something here um, just to add that fuel to pick it. But you need, I, if I'm the Steelers, I'm really hoping that they're, well, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm really hoping that they're going into this off season saying, all right, Pickett's our guy and just trying to better him uh, throughout this off season because he needs, he needs that jump uh, come this season. Cause if he doesn't, it will definitely be time uh, for you know Steelers to look elsewhere. Whether that's midseason, you know, while they're four and two, or and you know the offense is putting up thirteen points a game, mm-hmm. or uh, if that's at the end of the season, whenever things come crashing down. Yeah, I, I I said this when they drafted him. I think there's a hard ceiling. Um... But I think you can win with him. And they were even winning with him with Matt Canada, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Canada gets fired. And then for one game, the offense looks really good. And they win. <laughs> and Pickett looks good. Mo- moderately. He puts up numbers. I won't say he looks good because the film is still shaky. But he puts up numbers that are actually, like, on par with real NFL quarterbacks again. And then he gets hurt. And he never gets back in. And, and that's a that's – a, red flag in and of itself that you weren't like yeah mason rudolph won a couple games but like kenny pickett's our franchise quarterback we're going back to him um but it was the right decision absolutely and and i i do think next year could be pickett's last season i i I think it's more likely than not that it's his last year as the starter um but i do think with everything else going on with the team you need some more alignment. You need some corners. You need plenty of other stuff. Uh, you're picking at 20 right now. Um, 
yeah, like there, there's not a, a free agent or guy that's available that I love in a situation right now. Again, unless the Seahawks are actually shopping Gino, then I do think it makes <laughs> some sense. Um, and, and just based on knowing how this team operates, I, I think they ride with Kenny for one more year. Um, anything else on the AFC North? That was that was a quick one, but there, I mean, you've yeah. got three dudes that are making top five money in the NFL, and and the Steelers who don't the change Steelers. anything. So there's not a whole lot to get into. Um, let's go to another division that I have chalk, the AFC South. Yes, sir. You have this chalk as well. I do. I do. All of these guys are young. All of them have uh, at least. Well, Lawrence is probably starting to get to that point where he's maybe peak potential. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hopefully we just see him tear it up this year. Um, mm-hmm. But all these guys are young with so much potential. Um, I know some people are turned off by Levis and uh, yeah. it, it'll really be a test this season. Um, but I, I don't see them going back to the well of getting a third young quarterback right. uh, What in a row, right? Because they went mm-hmm. Willis and then Levis back-to-back. So yep. I, I don't think they can do that to themselves again. Uh, Levis showed something, right? There were some mm-hmm. times where we were like, holy crap, this, yep. this yep. dude has an arm. Uh, so Levis, QB1 for Tennessee, right? We already talked about Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. C.J. Stroud, good Lord, what an unbelievable year he had. We've gone on and on and on about him uh, on the stat sheet. And then I came on here, and I think we talked about him some more. Yep. Uh, just an outstanding year from C.J. Stroud. And then Anthony Richardson, man, that's a guy that I, I think we forget about, or at least some people do, because he got hurt you know, so early into the season. He was an alien. He was absolutely lighting it up. Um, he did not look like the the raw quarter rookie quarterback that you know shouldn't be out there, right? I, I remember, and I was probably right at the forefront of it, him being, you know, oh, he's too raw and he shouldn't mm. be a day one starter. He's gonna get stunted in his growth. No, screw that. Shane Steichen mm-hmm. drew up some mm-hmm. insane stuff for him. Drew up some insane stuff for Gardner Minshew. Um, so. Keep Anthony Richardson in mind whenever you're in your fantasy drafts, whenever you're you know, hopping on FanDuel, looking at the parlay. Um, keep Richardson in mind because he he is an absolute maniac, uh, and he's very fun to watch as well, Simon. We didn't lab, uh, yeah, 100% agree on everything you just said. I don't think the Titans make a head coaching change without it being for the quarterback that they drafted and played this year in mind, right? I don't think they move on from Vrabel and hire a, the specific candidate that they hire, who is what ownership said, like they were looking for somebody that would align with the vision of the rest of the organization and ownership and management make the decision on the quarterback, right? More in mm-hmm. more cases than not. And they, I'm every interview I'm sure was what's your plan for Will Levis and, here comes Bill Callahan. I'm sure he had a plant that they liked. And and yeah, there, there's no moving on this year. Um, since we breezed through these two divisions, AFC North and AFC South, between Kenny Pickett, Will Levis, or even Deshaun Watson, who look, he's not going anywhere. They literally have a two hundred million dollar cap hit if they were to move on from him this season. It's in, and it's like 120 next year or something like that. It's not happening but we've seen his play since he's been back and we've seen, we saw what Cleveland looked like with just with a Joe Flacco, right? 
do you think any of these teams are, are teams that have a, a quick hook? Any of these players? Uh, I mean, you mentioned you, you were with me on what the backup for Kenny Pickett could be. What could we see the Titans do behind Levis? We know uh, uh, Malik Willis is there. We know Tannehill is out. You know, the Browns, Joe, Joe Flacco and P.J. Walker, their backups from this year are both out, but they had they drafted Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the fifth round last year. Do you think any of these teams make any real investment in a backup, and could we see any of those three guys actually get benched in 2024? So going down the line, Simon, I think the Browns, absolutely yes. I mean, just based off of this year alone, um, there were some times where it seemed like Watson was like, hey, my shoulder's not feeling that great. And it was Saturday before the game. And they're like, okay, sounds good. We'll let our guy know, you know. So I, I think you absolutely have to have that in, your, in the back of your mind uh, if you're Cleveland. And, you know, I don't know what Joe Flacco's up to next year, but if he wants to come back out there, man, yeah, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to have him okay. as a backup quarterback. Give him a couple million dollars a year mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, probably pitch it as, hey, you're not going to have to do as much as this past year. But you know, he, he might. He might. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but continuing down the list, Pickett, uh, again, you know, bringing in like a back in uh, Mason Rudolph, maybe in like a Tannehill, um, but no one to stun his growth. I, I don't mm -hmm. want to see. Uh, he He's already had reason enough to get kind of uncertain and to kind of lose uh, his confidence right as an mm -hmm. NFL quarterback so bringing in someone who can you know really just continue that might not be the best course of action but at the same time if you're bringing in a guy that's you know competing and your starting quarterback can't compete you know what does that say so uh, I think Bring somebody in to back up Pickett is a must because if it gets too ugly and uh, into the season, you have to make a change. You, you just have to because that defense is going to be good. It's not going to be a bad yeah. defense. It's going to keep the Steelers in games. Uh, so you need to plan accordingly with that. And then with the Titans, honestly, no. You've got Willis, right, who I, I think might still be on the roster this coming year. You've got Levis. I say just let him rip, right? Yep. You've got a, a kind of rebuilding team, a young head coach, rookie head coach. Just if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You didn't draft him. You can go into next offseason, you know, going to get hopefully your guy, uh, especially if you, you stink a little bit and you have a top five, top ten pick, you can get your guy even easier. Um, just stick it out with Levis. See if he's got it. Uh, or if he's got anything that you like, and if it tests him, if you like him, if you like some of them, uh, use it moving forward. All right, let's get to our final division here, Ronan. I, I, I agree with all that. Yeah, it doesn't – Watson feels like the best, most likely, but he's so expensive. His dead cap hit in, in 2025 is $136, $137 million. And his dead cap hit in 2026 is $73 million. So Ooh. they're not financially moving on from him anytime soon, I don't no, think. No, sir. And who knows? Maybe he'll start playing better. But anyways, NFC South, our final division. I don't know what you got going on here. All right, NFC South. Um, going with the locks. Bryce Young can't move on mm -hmm. from the former number one overall pick. Uh, he's going to be the quarterback one for the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I've got Baker Mayfield sticking around in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was no fluke. The dude can play ball. Tampa saw it. Tampa 
Yeah, they, they've they've seen what happens whenever Tom Brady leaves, and uh, they're they're going to try and get a quarterback pronto. Um, mm-hmm. So Baker's sticking around, Derek Carr sticking around for the Saints solely for the fact that financially they can't do it. Yeah. Uh, they just can't do it. You know, maybe bringing in a young guy. This is one of those spots where you know they've had Jameis for so long, um, Taysom Hill who can step in and take snaps at, at QB. Um, but going and getting a, a rookie quarterback wouldn't be a bad idea. Just someone to back up Carr in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another one of those spots. Like the the question you asked earlier, who can potentially have a, a quick hook? Uh, mm-hmm. The Saints mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then finally, we've got the Falcons. And this one kind of makes my stomach hurt because I'm so, so, so excited about what the Falcons can do this offseason with all of the talent that's littered throughout that offense and even that defense. Uh, with Raheem coming in, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is it is really exciting if you're a Falcons fan right now. And I have them getting Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's the caveat of they're also one of those teams that would have Kind of the the quick hook where they you know mm-hmm. potentially get a a second round quarterback. This mm-hmm. is kind of the the prime Jordan Travis spot. Um, mm. I don't know if I'm too high on him, but it's like everybody forgot that he was almost the Heisman had he right. not like you know right. been injured. Mm-hmm. So like we we need to remember that dude's talented. Um, dude makes plays. And dude can make a lot of plays in Atlanta, throwing to mm-hmm. Drake London, Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson, Kyle Pitts behind that offensive line. I mean, come on. Um, so I don't think Atlanta needs to spend a first round pick on quarterback because I think there will be guys in that second round that will suffice. But whoever that is, um, I, I I think that will be it, right? Which is Duh, whoever the Falcons like at quarterback is who they're going to take. Um, but, man, I, I couldn't tell you what the, the evaluators prefer there. So somewhere between like a Bo Nix, a Travis, uh, somewhere in that area. But also Russell Wilson, because whenever it all comes down to it, the draft is in April, right? Yeah, it's at the end of the offseason. Well, the mm-hmm. end of the transactional mm-hmm. offseason, right? And uh, you're going to have to have a quarterback. Because with what you've got right now, but Desmond Ritter, I, I think you can go into next season and start him, right? Because we were just talking about the Raiders sending out uh, O'Connell yeah, and the, the Broncos sending out Stidham. So uh-huh. it's not that far out of the realm of possibility, right? But you also have all of this talent, mm-hmm. and you're in a very weak division, and there's not a whole lot of time left before one of these teams breaks out and becomes, you know, the, the king of the division. So why not you guys, right? At least for this year, uh, go out, get a veteran quarterback like a Russell Wilson, whether you know, maybe even like a Kirk Cousins. I've got down Russell Wilson, though. Uh-oh. Uh, and <laughs> try to win this year. Yep, exactly. And for all those reasons, I went with Kirk Cousins here to it. Atlanta. Um we've talked so much about Kirk Cousins on this podcast and we're going to end here, of course. So Panthers, yeah, Bryce Young and Andy Dalton still on the team, by the way. So there's your good backup for him. Not that you're a bunch of Bryce Young anyways, but Bucks are going to re-sign Baker Mayfield. It's going to happen. He played well. They kept Todd Bowles. 
which correctly, by the way. And then the Saints, Derek Carr, they can't move on from this year financially. His dead cap this year is uh, $53 million. But guess what? I like your idea about getting a rookie because in 2025, the dead cap's only $17 million. They can save almost $29 million by moving on from him in 2025 if they don't restructure his contract, which we'll, we'll see. It's the Saints, so maybe they'll do that and just shoot themselves in the foot with it. Um, but I, I could definitely see that because, yeah, you draft a guy now. Even if you draft him at 14 and, and, and you bench him, this because um, this is still a good roster. So you don't have to do any one thing with the first-round pick. Um, you can wait and see if Ramchek is healthy and if Penning develops that left tackle. Um, you can see about your defensive guys, if these older uh, front seven guys can survive one more year. You don't have to do any one thing. You drafted Brian Brzee last year, by the way, in the first round. Um You've got Chris Olave at, at wide receiver, so you have some pieces already there. You don't have to do anything. I could see them doing something in the first round um, and then benching Carr halfway through and then releasing him in 2025, and then that's probably it for Derek Carr. He's he's on the Russell Wilson track. I don't mind the Russell Wilson to the Falcons. I mean, yeah, it's gross like you said, but you think about what this team is built as right now, and it's not what they did under Arthur Smith because they were attacking the middle of the field with Drake London on, on crossing routes. But, man, they could let him just be DK Metcalf. He's not as fast, obviously, but they could just let him be a deep ball 50-50 exactly. guy. And same with Kyle Pitts, right? Uh, and you you attack with the running backs and you attack with the deep shots. And Wilson's still good at those things. And he showed through a lot of his stretch with Denver last year that he can take care of the football. So take care of the football, hit your deep shots, um, use your running backs, and then rely on Raheem Morris to coach up that defense. Here's where I went with Kirk Cousins instead of Russell Wilson. First off, just because he's better. Uh, that was a big factor. Second of all, that was I a think big factor. <laughs> second of all, I think I think an NFC team should be the type of team going for Kirk Cousins, right? You mentioned Stidham and Aiden O'Connell, who we talked about. Teams in the AFC, especially in the AFC West, but in the AFC has to have to look at the quarterback landscape and say, This is if Kirk Cousins is the prize possession of quarterback, is he and a team he's leading, beating a team led by Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, uh, Stroud at this point is in that conversation now. The answer is no, right? Trevor Lawrence, like it's right. just it's it's not happening at this point. NFC team, shoot, even post Achilles, Kirk Cousins, like yeah, man, you got the right team, you can do this. And and one reason I like Kirk better for Russell Wilson as well is he can he can do more things within an offense i.e. like attacking middle of the field. Um, and I think the Ram, uh, the Rams, I think former Rams OC Zach Robinson coming to Atlanta might want to continue to do that. He might want to do some of those things that they did with with Stafford, even with Goff before he was there with the Rams, right, under McVay. Um, and I think they can just see the world where it's when the Rams brought in Stafford and it was, okay, this often injured, broken down, somewhat older quarterback um, comes here to this team that's built with skill players, a, a, a decent offensive line when they won the Super Bowl, back to decent offensive line now, and a good defense. And boom, we have that formula here. And Kirk Cousins isn't Matt Stafford, but the NFC is also weaker than it was when the Rams won it a couple years ago. So mm. I, I think Kirk Cousins coming here makes a lot of sense. They have a, a decent starting point with the cap space. Um, 
and, and they have very easy ways as well to continue to get enough for Kirk Cousins. But you get you get Kirk in there. I think he'd be great from a culture standpoint for this young team as well. Um, and you'd be great for your development and trying to like save the careers of, of some of these guys, right? Um, I would love to see Kirk throwing to Pitts and London and working with Bijan Robinson. And you do that. And then, by the way, you still have the eighth overall pick. You have an invested offensive line. So that's another thing. Uh he doesn't move, right? Kirk Cousins does not move, and he's coming off of Achilles. He does not. Mm -hmm. You have a good offensive line. Caleb McGarry's not great in pass pro, but you have Chris Lindstrom next to him. You have a bunch of tight ends on this team. Just, just always help Caleb McGarry out in pass protection. You can use this eighth overall pick on another wide receiver, and now you actually have a formula and a quarterback that can take advantage of that. Or you, what, what's probably better is you take a corner to finally be good across from AJ Terrell and, and you just continue to build out the defense. So um, I like Atlanta going for Kirk Cousins, but yeah, I like them going for a veteran instead of being the, the trade up team for, for, you know, a, a Jaden Daniels or something, because I think, I think this team with a veteran could certainly win the NFC South pretty handedly. Um, and on the Desmond Ritter front, I think because of the NFC, the NFC South, and because of the hire at quarterback at head coach, I don't think you can walk in with Desmond Ritter as the and and I like Desmond Ritter and I think a lot of Desmond Ritter's issues last year were Arthur Smith um, caused right some of the haphazardness and and a lot of the turnovers I I but it but it was on Ritter a lot obviously um, and uh, similar to Levis I think if you had seen. A quarterback coach or some, or an OC come in to be the head coach. It's like, oh, they they think they can work for Raheem Morris is coming in to change the culture around and make this a winning program again. And I think he walks in and he says, "We need a new quarterback." So I I, I like Kirk Cousins here. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I think Cousins would make a lot of sense in Atlanta. Um, obviously, it's not the flashy pick. Uh, it's not necessarily the long-term pick, um, but it's something that can win them games next year. Ronan, that's all the divisions. That's all the teams. We we sent everybody somewhere, some notable names we didn't give spots to. I mean, I gave Brissett a team. You gave Russell Wilson a team. We didn't put Tannehill anywhere. Gardner Minshew, all that's fine. It's, it's you know, there's there's a lot of fine backups that'll go places. We talked about the the main draft picks. Um, we threw out some options for the second rounders, like a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix or even a, a, a Jordan, Tra Jordan Travis. Um, we cut, I think we hit every angle of this, man. Anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. Thank you so much again for year three, third straight. Um, this is this is probably one of my favorites. Absolutely. It's a joy, and it gets better and better every year when uh, we get further away from Carson Wentz being projected to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for the Simon Shore Podcast. Thank you to Ronan for being on. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we will talk to you again soon. Have fun, and be safe out there.